2: Put your right hand in the box. What's in the box? Pain. Stop.
1: Put your hand in the box. I hold it your neck.
2: The gong jabbat. Go it's not fear.
1: Fear is the mind killer. And here is is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will make to pass over me and throw me. But Duke... You- will die before these eyes, and he'll know, he'll know that it is I, and Vladimir Harkonnen, who encompasses his doom.
2: The Sleeper Awakens.
3: You know what's nice is that Natalie, my wife, said to me, uh, I don't think, honestly, Dune isn't ruining our marriage. She came and said that. You know, unprompted. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds weird." But she's like, <laughs> "When well, the time the movie comes back around, like, what is your plan?" And I was like, "Well, we're going to be doing another episode of LPN Deep Dives Dune in order to review the movie," and she got sad, right? Because it, it's like she knew. Oh, she thought she kind of thought because this is episode nine. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, the Dune, the worm." Has left the CH and I'm on top of it, right? Mm. But it will circle back around once it's tired and I've Re-arrive. tired it out. Yeah. And I'll roll back in, and then she'll be ready.
0: Oh, it's time. Oh, then my Maudeb is home. She'll try to use the voice. She'll say, You don't care about the Dune series. Oh! And you will you will deflect the voice. I'm trained against you.
3: <laughs> I will say the only thing it has truly done to my personal life in any way, shape, or the only real thing it's changed. Is I don't know if the same thing has happened to you, but it has ruined my autocorrect. Uh, It has just ruined it. I went to go type in, I forget it was like jump or something, it goes straight
0: to jihad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize how many times I've texted the word jihad. Which is starting to make it sound like the government's trying to sort of push you towards some kind of illegal activity. That's what they do. They set up
3: a plot, they give you the bomb instructions, they give you the bomb material, and then they bust you for terrorism. Sure. And that's how we're going to start today. Yeah. Welcome to LPM Deep Dives Dune. (laughs) I am your god emperor, and you know he's lonely. You know the god emperor is lonely You sure. know it now for certain
0: I'm Henry Zabrowski And then As this al- He just talked about his wife But I guess he's somehow Also lonely Because Go you're
3: on. still trapped Inside the cilia Of a thousand sand traps <laughs> yeah, No matter what you
0: ever suck in your meat flaps
3: G- For nope. more knowledge But they're so t- sensitive t- to the top I have to pull <laughs> them into my cowl um, And this is Commentator Comedian Podcaster Build me up uh, Chipotle consumer I just had
0: some Yeah, it, it is in the air You can smell it. (laughs) Um, Holden McNeil. You're about to smell it again real soon. Welcome to the podcast that you are the owner of. Crack. Crack the whip. (laughs) You actually literally have a whip right next to you. I do. I can use this on Um, you if I want to. It is a pleasure to be here. I feel like this is a nice little, like, pit stop in our journey through the book series because of course yes. today we'll be talking about Frank the life Herbert of Frank Herbert
3: the man yes. we're going to talk a little bit about where did Dune come from inside of the big fucking empty guts of Frank Herbert
0: it's always funny because you always see it really clearly and they lay it out in here just for example we'll talk about it more deeply in just a second but his Irish Catholic aunts tried to get him into religion oh, and sure. that's the Bene Gesserit you know it's what I mean just but I was one little factoid I was sad that there was no like oh he also loved you know fishing and he had no a, other interest you know he brought the worm and None. he took it to the hook there were no worm childhood worm stories that this i was is, really looking for
3: this is the story of whether or not you believe a man who because according to frank herbert he's still yeah which i think is interesting is of all of them hilarious um uh but the idea of like someone who holds the entire universe in his mind mm. and what does it do to his children. um, In yes. a way, it doesn't do a lot. I mean, we're not going to cover it too deep because it seems like there were, I don't know how deep the damage goes because right. the, his most famous son, Brian Herbert, went on to live Frank Herbert's legacy deep
0: into the future. So it's weird. He's it's both fascinating, like, that he, part, where he, it seemed that yes. he was horribly abusive to his son, and yet now his son becomes the sole you know, caretaker of his legacy. It's got to be a bizarre, that is a therapy session right there.
3: Well, it's because Brian Herbert, understand his father's, was on the golden path. Yes. And he knew that the golden path in the end was way more worth it than all of these so-called wonderful touching moments with a father.
0: I will say Frank Herbert definitely reminds me of Jim Henson in a lot of ways. If you wanted to spend time with daddy, you have to work with
3: daddy. You gotta daddy. work with daddy. This is how we, uh, this is, we talk about is just the philosophy of our friendships over the years. How often have we said, oh we have to work together to hang work out. Work is love. And that's what uh, Frank Herbert showed Brian, is that you have to love me so much that you'll take on my work, because if not, I will destroy you. This A lot of this information, all of this information comes from Dreamer of Dune. Yes. Which was written by Brian Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know that he had a brother, and we'll talk a little bit about it, but I don't, sure. I think that there's a lot of His brother, things. of course,
0: he named his brother Not Brian Not Brian Frank Herbert yes yeah, so. Anti Brian
3: <laughs> uh, We'll there is obviously I think there's some salacious details that we could get into sure. and be bogged down with um, quote unquote <laughs> Like but him
0: I, beating his kids It was
3: He had to work <laughs> Father had to work, and everybody was trying to make dad not work anymore.
0: Well, it's just funny to me. My favorite thing about it, as I went through this whole spiel about him, was that on one level he's this sophisticated. He's like talking about like you know, screaming, "Don't trust the government." He's he's espousing Jungian philosophy with his like sci-fi nerd friends and all this stuff. And then also, it's like every time he we went to a restaurant, they did put him at a table he liked. He screamed about it until you the n- waiter cried. Listen. Do
3: you think the man that can conceive and hold the God Emperor, Leto II, into his mind can
0: handle when the bread is too slow? Yeah, I remember about the getting crumbs in the honey. Oh, if any, he gets if you gets mad. Got, if you are his child and you got some crumbs in the honey, you would be getting a tongue lashing, my friend. And maybe even an actual beating. Tongue apparently. scrubbing. The
3: honey <laughs> and the vinegar combo, because that's what he would start to feed his children, mm. honey and vinegar in the morning in order to get their lungs up. Some weird old timey idea. He was an interesting man in his way. So Frank Herbert... Born October 8th, 1920, Tacoma, Washington. Everybody loves it. His whole life was formulated at age two because he was attacked by a Malamute dog. It nearly blinded him, left him with a scar over his right eye. And apparently, it was such a formative experience he ended putting into Chapter House Dune. The same dog, they were digging for clams, and the, their pet dog, this was Bub, he put his head in the hole, and clams spat water in the dog's eye, and they just thought it was so funny. Ha, they always just referred to him as a dog who hated a clams. dog who
0: hated clams. And that was actually in Chapter House Dune. There you go. So that's a fucking it's spoiler. What an interesting fucking factoid to begin this Don't whole thing. Don't we all love it? Uh, <laughs> and
3: uh, Frank, he had, that we were talking about before, he had these Catholic ants. Yes. And th- this was sort of his first idea. Idea. You'll see I guess a couple of like very specific bossy people in his life that he based these entire the all of these Byzantine organizations within the Dune world, the Betty Jesteret uh, the Mentats. He just based it off a of random ass, like his fucking aunts yeah. being like, "I don't know if your aunts had the Pranubindu training though." Like, because he said the, their Catholicism was very overbearing on him as a little boy.
0: I mean, that's the thing. It's like the Wizard of Oz up in here. I mean, every single little part of the book has a bizarre real world counterpart, except for the worm. I was hoping there was just some big, big old, old worm. nurse lady or something that used to take care of. Her. They would ride on her back, or she something had like a tube like body, <laughs> and I couldn't
3: stand her. But oh, I wanted <laughs> to ride her how fast she would go in this sand he did have kind of a very nasally voice used to suck on her ears you know what i mean that's like the little fucking spice flap yeah That god emperor when he pulls it out when sion is like sitting inside I it up the oh. succulent flaps i always but, think uh, about it you know what also i was thinking with god emperor of dune that song popped to my head that i forgot to even talk about it last week
0: my body is a cage. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? Yeah. think about that. Got sad about that. that thought song, about my I own body. Emperor. Yeah, yeah. And how my body's deteriorating. Right, right. You're looking healthy.
3: Yeah. I don't know what my blood's looking like. Um, Frank always wanted to be an author. He, on his eighth birthday, he wrote a little book that I was called Adventures in Darkest
0: Africa. Sure was no way racist.
3: I just think that we shouldn't <laughs> dig it up because he was at the age of eight. And, you know, because also eight. there was a who knows what he thought of that. Uh, but it was a tale about getting lost in the jungle and he was working to find his way back to camp. So it's very interesting. He was very, very creative as a little boy to the point where his father said he was absolutely frightened of him because he said that he didn't believe a child should be that smart. Yes. Um, he was
0: fastidious about his yes, teeth. Yes, very obsessed about brushing his teeth, which um, is lame.
3: 15 minutes. He spent 15 minutes a day brushing them. He said he never had a cavity in his life. Good for you! <laughs> Um, His mother, according to him, was a literate country woman, Mm. Um, which is just, it seems kind of um, insulting, Yeah, but she had an incredible memory, recalled details perfectly from decades before, much like my mom, that's called spitefulness, that's not necessarily a good memory, it's called a lockdown, make sure they know every one of your sins, uh, and so that they could use it against you in the future, Um, but he said, according to Brian Herbert, Mary Herbert was in effect a human computer, and then she became
0: the model for the the men taps. yeah dude. which is so weird so she was really fucking dumb but she'd be like back in 1973 there was a man his name was Ryan Charles he I visited the house
3: I don't even think it was like that I think it's like <laughs> do you remember at one time at Easter when you said you didn't like ham and you'll be like that was 12 years ago <laughs> yeah but you notice have we ever served ham yeah, ever we again ever served
0: in yeah, 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 That is of my mom's memory Well, make her more country bumpkin and stupid. Well, i tell you what
3: you One time I remember when old Bobby got his foot stuck in the creek
0: <laughs> Oh,
3: oh wow.
1: great
0: story, Mom Wow, you're really like a human computer, Mom <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Um,
3: uh, This one weird-ass story that Brian Herbert told for some reason One evening, Frank's dad, Brian Herbert's grandfather And his date had performed some ESP Rhine experiments And what that is, and this is with Frank The ESB Ryan experiments are those old cards.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like It's like the beginning of Ghostbusters with Bill Murray with the cards.
3: Yes. Kind of like that. It it is something. Yes, it is like that where you guess the cards and you try to flip them back and forth. And apparently one night, Frank was able to guess 52 playing cards correctly. Unheard of. Can't believe it. However, for some reason, when they tried to attempt it again... He could do it. Didn't work. It was almost okay. as if it was just incredibly lucky coincidence. Pure luck. Yeah. Um. It might be attached to something. He apparently, frankly, so he was always a weird kid, right? He loved all of, like he was very cerebral. And when he finally enlisted in the U.S. Navy, he was assigned to the Norfolk Naval Shipyard, and he fell over a tent, and he hit his head, right? And he developed this soft, lumpy blood clot on the top of his head, and the doctors warned him not to hit that spot again or he'd die, and so they had to kick him out of the Navy
0: which is <laughs> what are you going to do <laughs> uh, also i just want to go back on one one thing and just say that maybe part of um him being a troubled dad in his own right was uh his parents did seem to be on the brink of divorce for many years 24 teens, sure sure uh, sure and dr- same thing with constantly, spielberg. drinking constantly
3: spielberg yeah. is oh, same thing you ever see that documentary that came out on steven spielberg like two years ago where steven spielberg's entire filmography is based on the fact that his parents got divorced. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's the only bad thing that happened right. to him. It's,
0: But that's, yeah, that that makes sense. And that's why he's escaping into reading Hemingway and Ezra Pound and Shakespeare and and getting into all these different subjects. And it's all escapism, right? Yes. That's what creates, I think, the beautiful sci-fi writer mind is when you're just, your upbringing so shitty and boring and this, that, and the other. You just start creating entire worlds in your head. Or the whip. Yeah. Sometimes
3: you gotta whoop them, too, because I guess that's how, you. Like, we all know this is, if you're raising children, that's how you make an artist. You don't pay attention to them. You treat them to some physical violence, and you make sure that they know that they're not good enough. And guess what? You got yourself a movie star. Yeah,
0: you got yourself a movie star, a little comedian on your little, hands. little,
3: fun little comedian. Yeah. It's a, fun to have him. A
0: ballerina um, that will
3: break her, literally ruin her feet. Ruin her feet. In the
0: name of succeeding on that stage.
3: That's what happens. It makes a winner. <laughs> um, but he was always actually very, he got to be really close and very interested in indigenous people, like the Native Americans. He was very, very like because in Tacoma, Washington, there was a large Native American population. He we used to mix them quite a bit, and he loved their way of life. He really was very interested in their uh, religions and their traditions. He is a strange man uh, because Frank was also. I guess he had to do a formal piano recital, and uh, he was he wanted to show everyone they're all being foppish. Oh, uh, so he, you know, they were always said they were, they were posturing with their this phony is,
0: conversation. So this, stood. Is, this is one of the first stories where I'm like, oh, this guy's like a weird spaz, lame-o kind of. You mean of. genius? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Just imagine you're in, what, this is college or something like that. You're like in college with people your age, and this kid does this at your hangout session.
3: Yeah, so- you said everyone was just like, oh, they're just standing there, exaggeratedly erect, with their little fingers sticking out as they held their wine goblets, which I don't know, who knows. But then, when someone asked Frank what he did, he responded, "An ape act," and he jumped on the sofa and hopped around from one end to the other in his shoes,
0: and he curled his arms like a chimpanzee, shouting, <laughs> "Yeah, I'd be annoyed too. I think that would be annoyed. really just like get this kid out of this fucking place." If
3: this is 1975, and that was Lauren Michael's office. He'd be in fucking Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Back in the day, that's how it used to work. <laughs> all those old stories, and when yeah. like, someone you just shows make a up, weird and,
0: choice, and everyone's
3: like, "He's a genius, brilliant." Yeah. So then it all really changed for him when he met his wife, Beverly Forbes.
0: Yeah, she was like, uh-huh. "Can you not do that stupid bullshit when we're hanging out with people?" But this
3: is the real me. Don't you love the real me? <laughs> okay, ape boy. Um, but Beverly Forbes, he was he absolutely loved her. Um, he was obsessed with her, and it's that type he of. He stalked her. He learned know, where she ate lunch I know. and learned where she went. Yeah, yeah. With the a new kid. lens of time, <laughs> we see that it's scary behavior. Yeah. But then it was romantic, right? So then is actually really nice the way he would track her and try to find out where she was. But it's because he was a
0: genius. In his own way. Oh my God, is that a act, boy? Ugh! Just look, act like I'm not here. Okay, I'm gonna run in the bathroom, and then, and then he's just like, "I'll follow her into the bathroom." <laughs> I'm unisex. Uh, yeah, um, yeah.
3: actually, uh, he loved her so much that she was straight up just Jessica in all of her uh sexuality and her buxomness and her shape of face and how much he often described the body of Jessica, which I guess was all
0: based off a of Yule Beverly. So that's nice to do for your wife, I guess. Apparently, when she uh, took him up on their first date, he was so excited about it that he slapped his own thighs so hard he couldn't walk for two days.
3: I think that that (laughs) is romantic and it's nice. And it's also just what happens to a Scottish man's thighs if you slap them to him. Because look, come come here, slap mine. Come
0: here, come (laughs) on. Grab these. Grab these, fucker. All right, I'm grabbing his thighs, giving him a slap. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Chastised. Sir, you were clearly hard when I slapped
3: you <laughs> the This is also, uh, so after he met her, he then became interested in the work of psychologist Carl Jung. Ooh. Now, I have been uh, in Jungian therapy, For the last several years, I didn't realize. Yes, and my therapist, God, she loves when I have dreams because then she could really tear them apart. She loves it. But a part of what he really got into was the concept of the collective unconscious of the genetic memory. Of course, that we see that deeply inside of the the concept of the prescience and looking into the past lives and those memories and what they stood for and the the work of the Benny Jesseret. But he kind of fell in love with it originally because of the Jungian breakdown of Adolf Hitler that he talked to with one of Carl Jung's major students, Irene Slattery, who they basically came up with the concept of like, Heroes are dangerous yeah. uh, Especially if you follow them To the ends of the earth Because at You know In 1933 Germany Adolf Hitler was viewed As this sort of like Hero This like folk right. character Who was also A fucking awful racist That at that time People were like Eh yeah, but think about his other ideas Yeah And yeah. then
0: that's what happens but he, did, but he threw that pizza party Every Friday For the German people And that's what really Won them over Yeah Yes <laughs> Oh yeah Pizza
3: Freigens <laughs> Ha ha People love the Piazza <laughs> Frei. But uh, Frank, he I love this other concept because this is also full on fucking Benny Jesserit. He says, when you see what motivates people, you begin to see them walking around with their intestines hanging out.
0: Yeah, I like that quote. That's yeah. pretty
3: cool. I thought that was pretty sweet.
0: Also, uh, I think that it is very important to tell this anecdote uh, when it comes to his own weird prescient stuff. The In 1948, Frank Beverly and Baby Brian were driving in a 1937 Oldsmobile. Frank comes around a turn at 70 miles per hour. No one's wearing seatbelts. There's a two by four barricade appearing in front of the bridge. Frank claims Eight solutions appeared in his mind. I don't know. When he rounded the turn, it happened, Henry. When he rounded the turn, and just in a few seconds, he was able to he weighed his presented options, took the one that was the most successful. Frank accelerated even faster and slammed through the barricade and leapt over the holes in the bridge and landed safely on the other side. I don't think that. It happened. Eight different like v- views. That. This is what he said. All laid and out. And that's how
3: he sort of understand, That's how he would go on to say that how prescience would work, right? That you'd see all these solutions and then you choose whatever is the right path, mm-hmm. the golden path, which yeah. I guess Frank Herbert was always on ever since that day. There you go. He uh, mm-hmm. knew judo. And according to Brian Herbert, he had a
0: powerful grip and had asbestos skin, (laughs) meaning he could touch hot pans without burning himself. This breakdown of his character is so funny, because in certain moments of it, he's such a badass, and then in these other moments of it, he is such a little turd. He's just,
3: it's... Man contains multitudes. And that's what it is.
0: He is both the,
3: the king, lord, insufferable nerd, much like God Emperor. Mm-hmm. And then he's also is a person that is very, very into ecology and all these different subjects all in one. So he is kind of like a mentat. Evil nerd at the same time. I'm a
0: monkey man. Look at me. I hate the monkey man. You must not be a man.
3: You must not be an animal. You must be a human. (laughs) Uh, But uh, poor Brian. He talks about this how he's a hyperactive child, and Mm. Frank had a little patience for children. Yes, um, let alone uh, any sort of any child, not even his own child, and that um, he required absolute silence to
0: write. Which he would scream and scream and scream. A great scenario for a child just to live in a library of a day to day situation. Just He just wrote a
3: lot of other books too. He came up with other concepts and he did fucking all this other bullshit. He wrote he liked writing submarine shit. All of this was before Dune. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to come up all the stuff, but he would mostly spend his days in his office. Thinking. And then, you know, what are you going to do? The, the, Brian, oh, uh, he wants to grow up. Oh, uh, right. he wants to watch television. He wants to play. Oh, the uh, child wants to play. Father has to work <laughs> because so there cannot be a noise in this and house. Yeah, father
0: has to work from home because daddy can't afford an office. He doesn't have
3: an office yet because he's not yet Frank Herbert, the author. Right now, he is Frank Herbert, the terrifying father. <laughs> um,
1: Addiction plays hardball. He
0: would
3: hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and
0: broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him.
1: Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost.
2: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks?
3: Uh, This is actually one of those things that I, a part of why I wanted to do this episode was, I think I've been saying, we've been talking about stuff that he, Frank Herbert sort of vaguely insinuated that he didn't drink or do drugs in any way, shape or form. But there's been. This was interesting. There's a couple of moments in his life that Frank Herbert did indeed do drugs. And it was these moments that actually really heavily influenced Dune where, it's kind of the same. Remember, we, we've talked about it on the last podcast. I don't know if you've talked about it on Wizard and the Bruiser as much about how drugs in the sixties and seventies, especially especially hallucinogens, they were a little different. They hit different. Yeah, they were much much stronger. I think than what we see these much days. Much stronger,
0: and the mind was a more fertile ground for mm-hmm. it. I think too, because it was untested in all these ways. I mean, at least by this point, if I, you know, by the time people try heavy psychedelics they probably already had a weed edible sure you know what I mean they've had something like that this was back in the day man this is
3: I don't know what it was like when Frank the first time he had anything that was so vaguely psychotropic because he ate two cookies laced with North African hashish and I don't know what that was like because apparently that fucking made him trip balls and then he also went down to Mexico because it's been a lot of time in Mexico he loved it down there and a friend gave Frank this tea made with morning glory seeds Uh that also made him trip fucking balls but the craziest
0: one he's a crazier drug doer than me because he's done fucking peyote absolutely but this is all <laughs> in the 1954
3: he would go and he really started getting vaguely interested in politics and this was the really the, the, these strings that started entering into Dune where he went to go to see Joe McCarthy speak he, and he was like this is bad this is obviously, we're going down a bad avenue, um, and he knew that this was dangerous because we were heading into a territory where politicians would not hesitate to trample on human rights for the sake of a pet cause, and he didn't know that it's always been that way, and it will always be that way. But yes, also yeah.
0: that he would work as a speechwriter, and I think that it really does help inform the way he would write later just in Just got Dune. Emperor of Dune, yeah. which is just being lectured at yeah. for 400 pages. Seriously, I mean, this quote is really really interesting guy cordon was very impressed with frank's writing frank was able to apply a quote ingenious writing technique using concentric circles frank wrote the speech so it could be cut from the end in a number of places making shorter and shorter speeches a variety of lengths could be chosen and when expanded it enlarged upon the arguments in the central theme making it more convincing Fascinating Yes
3: But no that is What we talked a little bit When we were talking about In Children of Dune The Children of Dune episodes About the fractal nature of Dune Yes That he does a very good job Of creating many Many little opinion points And little seeds That can be expanded Mm -hmm. And then come back on And then the themes Repeat and repeat and repeat And we're gonna see that Way more in books five and six, which are five and six are like the echoes of the first four books. Yeah, they're annoying. And they roll (laughs) right back around. It's
0: like a dog barking. Words at you. He's just like dog who hated clams. <laughs> no, God, not the dog Who's scared of clams. Yo, also just a really quick go back to the drug doing thing. Of course, he had had at least one powerful psychedelic trip. You can't write a section like that moon section in well, Dune Messiah without, without having had involves. any personal hallucinatory experience. This surprises me in no way, and I'm so glad that we got to actually uncover the truth behind that because yeah. when you said like he was like a square, he didn't really do you know yeah, I'm like, no, glad to no, no, I'm glad to know that you have to have have done something in order to write a psychedelic trip like that.
3: One thing about the dude Messiah trip sequence is that it really does remind me of being in the throes of really. I I don't hard trip anymore. I like right. a light
0: trip. I like a light. I like a microdose. I
3: like a two little caps yeah. and like, ooh, it's fun. Yeah. But- uh oh peeling back the layer type of fucking tripping balls. He did this one solid time. He was going through some writer's block, and his buddy sent him a package of peyote, right? Beverly didn't want Frank to do it. Don't do it, Frank. he's just like, show me your breasts one last time before I'm insane. (laughs) I want to see the geometry goblins. I have to see it. He followed the instructions (laughs) his friend sent, and he made this tea with peyote, and he drank it. And he tried to write, he was working on his submarine thriller. Um, He went out to this water of Puget Sound and he realized he was hearing each glint of light, which that's how you know. Yeah, it's time to calm down. Um, When he later wrote Dune, he used his experience with peyote to write the vision echoes and the sensory mixing passages. And you can absolutely see that, especially with just like unbridledly tripping balls. Beverly made sure that he was always taken care of that's also what's really nice they really were a team for many years his wife loved him wanted to make sure he'd only just he'd just have time to write and space to write and keep those kids fucking quiet and keep them dead dead
0: quiet so that I can write right and think and uh, but boy, was he? Did he have some issues with getting hangry? Yeah, just this is
3: the thing. This is all shows like this is the God Emperor on the inside, which I also love because there's a part of me that I can see me doing some of this garbage. Not I'm never. I'm love being in a restaurant. Purposely I'm purposely
0: driving a hearse to a restaurant so you can get faster table service. Henry,
3: that makes sense. <laughs> Frank Herbert owned a hearse. Of course he did. <laughs> right? Like it is. I've thought about it. Natalie and I have priced out hearses right and we've the only problem it. with old hearses is that your replacement parts are really yeah, really expensive
0: shitty and make no sense it's and,
3: fun though you could put so much mm-hmm. stuff in the back all right. these corpses for all this corpses and then it, but yes he would roll up in his hearse and it would make people very very nervous kind of like i feel like it's his version of the cart
0: in restaurants while waiting for food he often turned into a grouchy bear to his delight he discovered the restaurant operators were uncomfortable with a hearse parked outside what are you gonna do it's and fun said everything else Aside to get food for the driver. Wouldn't you prefer takeout, sir? One manager asked after dad went in and requested a table. The manager glanced nervously outside at the long vehicle parked by the front door. No, thank you, dad replied, and all. No, thank you. Dad no, thank in voice, you. <laughs> My doctor says I need to slow down. I wouldn't want to end up. He glances out at the hearse. Well, you
3: know. It's a good
0: bet. That's a good
3: man. You know, he, he knew what he wanted to do. It's why you buy the hearse. You buy the hearse so you are like the monsters.
0: I just love knowing that how hangry he was. That there are multiple entries in these notes. If Frank about Herbert, a hangry Herbert. Honestly, if
3: Frank Herbert wasn't hangry, I wouldn't believe it. If he told me he wasn't hangry, been like, of course Frank Herbert is hangry. What was he rocking? Was he a big guy? Frank Herbert. Uh, I told you, man? The fucking the most perfect body. Somewhat larger breasts, bigger belly. Tiny legs, yeah. big beard—what right. any real man has—not like these fucking little tight ass bodies. They—they right. don't, they don't write. Fuck, they don't create universes. Yeah, yeah. It takes a man with the thinking man's engine, which right. is a fucking solid C cup tits.
0: fucking tits, first you, of all. You must have them. Norma lies. Men with men, big. Tits. We've we've been talking about fucking big titty men. I'm doing men the for clapping fucking, thing like I'm on Twitter right now. Is that how
3: you're supposed to? Do I think it? I honestly think that is what you're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> but yes, he also there's a story in here. About by how he apparently cured this Mexican priest named Señor Cura, um, uh, Francisco Aguilar, and he said that he fixed it by himself and gave the man a shot of penicillin. I don't think that's real. This Uh, is
0: his Paul Atreides uh, saving the Fremen personal story, I think is the whole point of this story. This
3: also, this comes from fucking uh, Brian Herbert saying, he made repeated glaring errors in raising his children, but he was extremely (laughs) generous with friends. He was impulsive.
0: And childlike. I can understand that. Glaring errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, he
3: was always very into ecology. One thing about Frank, do you know that Frank built a homemade submarine? That is true. <sighs> he said he tried to build a, a submarine, but then it got marooned. And the you you the Coast Guard had to come fucking uh, because it was a subway sandwich. Oh, no, you, you fucking piece of shit. I fucking hate you. <laughs> 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 How dare you! Yeah, but we should. Talk, How dare you!
0: We should talk about his early works. So the under pressure. Underpre- I, yeah. I don't even really That's care the about name his of early his works, but it's, people probably are interested. You know, yeah, what I he, mean? it's his submarine novel, yes, man. It was a submarine novel. It was renamed and published as Dragon of the Sea in 1955. And if I were to pick up a book called Dragon of the Sea and it ended up being about submarines, I'd be fucking pissed. Where are the so dragons saying, in this? Where's the dragon?
3: Because you know what a submarine is? It's a tube. That's and- not a dragon.
0: This is another funny, like, this is how brilliant Father was. Several submariners over the years contacted Frank to let him know that he accurately portrayed psychological pressures of undersea work despite never having been in a submarine. Hey, man,
3: you don't need to be in a submarine if you got the most powerful imagination in the world, but it would help. Frank, this is also, um, the more disconcerting <laughs> shit was that, um, he, uh, didn't, didn't like lies. taxes. Oh, okay. he, no, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the understandable part of him. Um, Frank, uh, he liked to test his children with a lie detector mm. to see if they were lying. This was probably um, the
0: most disturbing uh, part of the bothering. He used to do that, and then if he friend. they
3: showed that they were lying, he would beat them. Jesus. Frank later in his life he admitted the use of the <laughs> lie
0: detector. It was it was, it wrong. was, it was a Ethan. Then it was a little over the could top. Could you fucking imagine? I mean, I put myself in the shoes of those. Guys. I mean, I could. Could you imagine how nerve wracking that would be? Like, oh yeah,
3: LRH man. Yeah. This is what LRH used to do. Oh. This is kind of this is the thing he would hold everybody to this unreal standard, especially because LRH was a professional liar. Frank Herbert, you know, whatever you want to say about the job of writing fiction. But technically, you're a liar. For a living. But it's good. You're weaving stories. But yeah, when it's bad, when you beat your children, yes. then that's
0: bad. And, is a, and, and you become a minister of words.
3: A minister of words. People said that's a lot. That was also a lot of his original notes as they were like, I feel like you're preaching to me instead <laughs> of trying to entertain me. And, <laughs> and Frank is like, you don't understand. Don't
0: preach to the... Messenger! Um, what?
3: But this other story, this is also, what's weird, is that this weirdly reminds me of my own childhood. Mm. Frank would work to parse exact meanings of words from his children. It was very important to him that everyone knew exact definitions, which is Scientology at its core. Because in Scientology, you have to carry a dictionary around with you. And you're supposed to know, the whole point is that you don't believe in the idea of what you think a word means. You fucking know to the letter what the word means and so he would say stuff to Brian which this my mom did say this to me he would say he Brian would say that he'd be trying to do his best and Frank would explode don't you ever use the word try on me that word signified failure the likelihood of defeat you'll do it god damn it Brian you won't try to do it because my mom also used to say and you also hated the word can't because my mom also used to hit me with that she said when you say can't you mean won't
0: and My mom used to say, "Don't say sorry, just don't do it." Yeah, and he's being like, "Well, what well, am we do I supposed to do after it, mom? Re- are you waiting the fuck out of here?" Fucking, I've already done it, mom. "Quote unquote, try weed for the first time, even though I'd already tried it for the first time I get like it. probably a couple months ago." But, yeah,
3: yeah fuck her fucking shit, dude. Fucking <laughs> getting high all the time, so man.
0: Fun getting high with my boys.
3: Um. During Thanksgiving, Frank prepared stuffing Herbert, a concoction with chestnut, celery, and wild rice. Who gives a shit? Past that one, Um, so useless. He is a. uh, He was very interested in uh, in lots of religions, which obviously he was. He was very obsessed with eating large quantities of vitamin pills, and he sprinkled <laughs> brewer's yeast all Ugh. over everything. Well, this
0: is the thing where he gets mad about the honey. I think. Yeah,
3: he also got very mad. He, he made, so made a mixture of vinegar and slap honey. Slap his the child every it. time
0: they got crumbs in the honey. I mean,
3: it's like hard, that. because you can never get it back out. It's, it's very fucking, upsetting. Honey's never the same.
0: Now, at least, though, so he hasn't even written Dune yet. Now he's about to actually put do Dune.
3: He writes Dune. I would even, t- I'm not even going to go through all of these details, because this is just, like, how much money he made, which is, honestly, $2,000 at The time was pretty good. It was the rumor that Dune was rejected by over 20 publishers was not quite true. Um, it was accepted pretty early on by John Campbell's production company. And it was all of this kind of shit. He kind of said that it was going to be way more of like a, a shoot 'em up sci-fi. And then he kind of slid in this philosophical tome uh, underneath their noses book publishers, when they turned it down, they said it was definitely far too long.
0: I love it. Um, they, they couldn't get past the first 100 pages, which is happens. literally what I always say is my big note for people who try to read the book. It's going to take at least 100 pages before it really kind of kicks into its groove. And I love that these oh, even yes. these initial publishers and then critics as well would immediately turn their back on this uh, book and it would really be the people's love of this book that uh, it ends up causing it to prevail.
3: Oh, yeah. But I do like the, there is some historical things that he talked about this which i thought always thought was interesting he talked about how politicians they he learned from screenwriting the power of the quote unquote the voice and the idea of using specific words uh, the names and characters of dune they're all based on real shit in history and mythology the atreides was based off the greek house atreus the family of kings menelius and agamemnon um, the killing of duke leto at the hands of the harkonnens who were indeed related by blood mirrors the house of agamemnon in Greek mythology, Leto is a god and mother of Apollo and Artemis. In Dune, Leto is a man who represents the Roman god Janus, who had two faces, one looking forward and one looking backwards. Leto had his son Paul, who looks far into the future, and Dr. Olia, who looks far into the past.
0: Wow. Uh, Is it good? It's fine. This is another quote about how Frank's kind of weirdly horny all the time. This is about in terms of the rhythms of the book, which is what he uh, attributed to like publishers not getting it at first. The rhythms were coital, sexual, starting slowly, gradually increasing Mm. in pace. I'm sorry, I'm uh, coming in this agent's office. mm. I apologize. Uh, You know it's going to be a good book (laughs) if I'm coming just describing (laughs) it. (laughs) Um,
3: there are, there's a couple of pokies here. Um, he named Vladimir Harkonnen because he thought it would be a fucking name, a cool name. Um, he did break down the, the Campbell's like cycle of the hero was obviously there in Dune 1. Yes, 100%. Um, so it sucks
0: the sin. Also, I thought this was fascinating. Aaliyah was supposed to be killed off. Aaliyah was supposed to be killed off. They said, no, there was a lot of stuff here. It was John Campbell. John Campbell, uh, uh, he's a sci-fi writer,
3: right? Yes. He wrote the, uh, well, he broke down the idea of
0: the hero in ah. in, in
3: a hero's story. He was the one who
0: convinced Herbert to not kill Aaliyah.
3: But then he got mad because of Dune Messiah. Yeah. Remember he oh, dropped yeah. him from his publishing company because Dune Messiah he thought was a bummer. Why would anybody want to watch their favorite hero be destroyed psychologically? And it's just like um because a lot
0: of us do. Thank yeah you. we like it so fuck off and shut the fuck up and cut your dick off because you're stupid.
3: How um, the fuck <laughs> he cut his dick off? Dune was huge in college. Yes. That was the thing. So people used to get high as fuck in yeah. redoon, which is, is also very similar to our fucking
0: Rudooners. Yeah, yeah. Rudooners rise up, Rise dude. up. Set fire worm. to a car this week. Fuck That's it. my direct
3: order. Cars are not <laughs> worms. <laughs> we need to get one of those. My other car is a sandworm.
0: Yeah, yeah. We Can we get one, one of those yeah, for yeah, fucking? Absolutely. We need merch. We need merch. We need, and we need cross stitch. So somebody could get on that. If someone could get on that, please. Thank you. <laughs>
3: There is an addressing to a little bit of the Frank and Brian Herbert, like Frank Herbert did not understand gay people in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, a
0: bit of a um, because it looked no like no it, for him. They,
3: his other son, Bruce Herbert, was also gay, and they did not have a good relationship in any way, shape, or form. Which it makes me look at Duncan Idaho's like refusal to understand how you could possibly deal with the all female army and them kissing each other. And I was just like, oh, that's like Frank Herbert coming through in a way that I did Weird. not fully understand. It kind of made me mad. So yada, yada, yada. This whole section goes through, there's a whole section that talks about the, how the Dune movies were made. And we're going to talk about that in our 12th episode. We're going to be talking all about the various Dune media. Um, cause I've already watched the Children of Dune miniseries. Um, I've seen the, I've seen, obviously we talked about David Lynch's Dune quite a bit, but there's a lot more other shit like on Twitch last week. you well, this is, you know, this is in the future. So it wasn't last week, it was several weeks ago. Holden McNeely and I played the Dune 2
0: RPG game yeah. that was made for... I forget what platform it was made for. Uh, I think just uh, back in the day, PC, man. Just um, and it school. was awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but a difficult it, game to play. Dune 2 informed the real-time strategy video game uh, genre. It was kind of what... All those games were inspired by StarCraft and uh, XCOM and Command and Love Conquer XCOM. and all that. But this kind is where of stuff your Wizard and the Bruiser from from really, two. this yeah, is yeah. your Wizard and
3: the Bruiser shows. Yeah.
0: And this is where you're good. Yeah. This is really Killing where it. you
3: show your Killing fucking...
0: Killing the game. Literally, because we're talking about video games. Wow. Wow, Holden. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm coming now. Holy oh, shit. I wish that you wouldn't.
3: Jesus Just save God. it it's, for your fucking wife. It's
0: getting all over the play. It's still happening. It's getting uh, all over the walls. It's on Henry's shoes. These are my nice... You
3: know I wear nice shoes. <laughs> um, there It gets a little section here where Frank Herbert and Brian made up. And yeah. Brian Herbert came forward basically saying... I just feel that you were not good at being a father. And then his father was like, he, you know, he didn't know what to do. He folded his hands. His eyes were filled with pain. And then when I finished, he looked up and he said in an unsteady voice, they were difficult times. My work. I had to do my work. And then they just kinda of stood there. His lips and they, quivered and oh. words caught
0: in his throat, not making their way out. This man of many stories, this master of words, he could not speak. He gazed towards the mountain, I Mountains. saw tears welling in his blue eyes. Oh, what, what is this much? I took a deep breath and all of a sudden was that a goo on my cheek? Oh my oh. god, he's coming. Why is he coming? Oh. Everywhere? I watched
3: a man climb a rope. He was shaking. Yeah, when he when he, they they held each other and then yes. you know what that like they then they all oh, their whole shit was mended. They got to go on fishing trips and shit and yep. he said they were they would laugh a lot. They would have this running joke where they'd go, "How you doin?" yeah. Um uh and that makes me like Isn't unreasonably mad. Yeah. yeah um and then it. someone um they they would say uh, something of equivalent silliness. He would point off in the distance and say in a mock gruff tone, "You go to your room." Wow.
0: He beat you. Yeah, he beat the living Lord out. Brian Herbert. He I beat think the, you. Honestly, the lie detector test is almost worse than the beating you got after it. <laughs> it it's so seems scary. To be,
3: it's very complicated. So scary. Um,. I do like in the end, they still, again, just, the main thing Brian Herbert is really focused on is how difficult he was at restaurants. Um, it, it keeps <laughs> he coming up.
0: so bad at restaurants. Again, like, and again and, and then again. I love that I feel like he tried to smooth it over, being like, but then other times he'd be so charming at the table that nearby tables would be laughing at his jokes. Like, just, don't oh, even yeah. try, it's all to right. try to whitewash this. You, yeah, he beat you, and he was awful when he went to restaurants. He wrote he don't noon. don't need to fuck around with <laughs> It. Get it, we all like noon. Such a turd. He'd be like, Oh, this table is too the people around me are too loud. Take me to another table. Then he'd go to the other table, he'd be like, This table's too warm. I hate to- how yeah, warm yeah. it
3: is and it's near too near a window. Just I would need a central
0: table. That is true. That came up. I if he had done any of the things they describe him doing at a restaurant in my real life with me in the room, it I would, would be want to crawl up inside of myself very and die. I cannot stand when that people is- are weird. At restaurants. That is a
3: cardinal sin to me as much as like you know again we'll support Brian you gotta separate the artist and the art sometimes yeah especially me when it comes to this one sticking point because I really think it shows who you are as a human being if you are mean to somebody at a restaurant I think a restaurant is supposed to be a place for fun it is literally just there to be a pleasurable experience and that everyone should have a good time even I mean and I'm not even talking about this kind of good time because in 1983 he even remembered the year (laughs) Beverly, Brian and Frank all went out to dinner the waiter (laughs) opened a bottle of wine and said the cork on the table, Frank smelled this the cork just... and asked the waiter, Grind this up, will ya? And put it in her salad.
0: What? <laughs> Yeah, and it was like, and they thought it was great, dude. Seriously, you know what? And there's nothing in here about anything about any sexual assaults or no, anything no, like no. That. He didn't make any grips. But he's, and he, and he's, but he's canceled in my mind because of shit like that. And
3: it's the only. That's a, the true cancelable <laughs> effect, like event that he did yeah, was that joke.
0: That and also joke. being
3: mean. Just don't be mean at a Yeah, her.
0: and or yeah, and I guess don't be your kids. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a father. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be. But this is the duality of Frank. I love this quote right here. Uh, he wanted strong family ties, and he tried hard in that direction, but he wanted celebrity status, too, which left him less time to be with his family. Ironically, he had become a hero of, to millions of readers, despite his professed aversion to heroes, of a course. key point of his most famous series of books. If he was ever asked whether he considered himself a guru, he inadvertently quipped that he was planning to open Herbertville in Guyana to house the inner circle of his cult, and he needed someone to handle the Kool-Aid concession but for him. Guess or guess he first might all, say with some was... humility, I'm nobody. But guess what, man? It was fucking flavored,
3: first of all. <laughs> and then second of all, um, he uh I don't doubt it. Because what do we know as comedians? That every single thing that you joke about, there's like a
0: five percent little liked, bit in there. It.
3: Because he I think in his mind. Felt that life could have been a little bit simpler if he was in charge.
0: It's just always funny with these guys because it's like most authors, right? They end up getting famous way later in life, and yes. they're these like weirdo loners. And then all of a well, sudden they get famous. Vonnegut was like that. Uh, uh, Bukowski, of course, wrote women very much after he got famous enough yes. to be able to like have sex to with have women. Sex with any women, um, it's, it's really so interesting it's hard. the way that these guys react to it. Because yeah, I could see how he's like,
3: a full-on impenetrable nerd. You get some money. Well, look at all this. Look at Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos became Lex Luthor. It's what happens. It's like right. you take a nerd and you give him a lot of money and power. It flips him a little bit. I don't know why. I don't know why it's like this. Um, just that's why, as nerds, when we achieve power, our goal is. That's why I'm the Lord
0: who listens. This surprise.
3: I'm the Lord me. and listens, and I try to make sure that everybody feels heard
0: and seen. Right. Yeah. Everyone, when I talk to them about you, right? Go, no one talks shit. We always just say, "Wow, love he's him, the love Lord him." Who listens? Love him. That's um, what we say. We don't go. He always fucking has a temper problem or anything like this. We just go. who, Henry? Oh, you mean the Lord who listens? Do you want the, the worm the to appear? Because the worm is about to appear. <laughs> the worm is going to turn his head. I don't want to see your dick again. Whoa. I'm
3: over it. Whoop, there he goes, Whoa. up and down. Oh my god, what's he doing? Um, but he, when his <laughs> wife
0: died. Interesting. Hard. When his fucking wife died. Go back to your worm penis. Jesus. We have to talk about dead wives all of a sudden. Um,
3: That's when he started fucking. Yeah. And then he fell in love with his editor who was 28 years old and he was driving around. He used to drive around convertibles and shit. He was
0: living the life. Um, I love that he immediately started just dating these like 20, mid 20s ladies. Very
3: strange, very strange relationships. Immediately. But then he ended up, uh, after he finished Chapter House Dude, his health began to fail and at first he thought he had that, that poopoo disease the Crohn's disease Um, that turns out he did not have he had cancer in his liver and he died in 1986 and it's very sad yeah, how he went down Uh, he would that's when but they didn't know right Brian Herbert didn't know that he ended up leaving behind thousands of pages of notes which is kind of where all of the other prequels came from and the sequel to the Dune top six book. like it all came from the extensive notes that Frank Herbert had, had made so the universe was already there with to be mined, and now that's how, why we see so many different books. It's I, I forget the number of Dune books.
0: It is cool too, and I know we'll talk more about it in a different episode. But it is cool too that uh, he did see an early four-hour screening of David Lynch's Dune, and he did love it. And there are fourteen uh, said, Dune books, and there, Jesus God, yep, and said that it was a visual feast. And I hear my dialogue all through it, and it's so sad that um, you well, know, he wrote the th- screenplay. The movie kind of flopped out yeah for sure but it just is uh, it's an interesting weird layer near the end of his life because he almost had his star wars in a lot of ways with lynch's yes. dune and then it's sort of but we'll we'll get more into it in the future but that's where he's at right as he's uh, coming near the end of his life
3: and we'll add one last little reading this is an unpublished poem by frank herbert i am a human of earth my kind ebb and flow like the tide Whipped on by an unseen master, myself a prisoner, my other side calls out from its prison, logic binds me in chains of flesh, and with part of me changed, there is fear. I am a human of earth. The sense comes out behind my words, like a deer startled in the forest, fearing movement. Only one avenue remains open to flotsam, driven before the wild currents of time, with parts submerged to lift my eye and look ahead. But bound down and weighted by the chain side, by the other side that I sought to deny, I must flounder, I must sink. I am a human of earth. In despair, I seek the farther shore, and the dark drags me down into
0: terror. Wow, way to end on a fun note, Henry. Well,
3: honestly, but that's all about the Jungian shadow, oh, which I think is very interesting.
0: Very fun. Now, what's your takeaway on this man and his legacy and, uh, you know, I like Dune. (laughs) Is this really the kind of thing where you're just like, don't need to like this guy. Don't like this guy.
3: Well, you know, it's one of those things Would I love to sit and pick his brain about ecology and religion and power. Absolutely.
0: But would I like to see him beat? his kids maybe
3: not I don't want unless he's
0: paying me yeah, that'd be weird I guess that'd be a weird scenario <gasps> I don't maybe, want him why to do that. is it giving him some sexual um, thrill to have a man watch him I definitely is is that why he's paying I don't you? know I just want to know why he's paying you to beat his kid I don't know watch him beat his kid
3: um I wouldn't want to go to a restaurant with him no
0: Definitely not. We will be taking it home. That yeah, is the, yeah, that's like, the main thing. In. Yeah, yeah, for But you sure. know,
3: this is not because the, you know, we bring him out here. Obviously we're, we are making fun on him. And it's also because he wasn't necessarily, he was not a perfect father and he was not a perfect man, but you know, down in there, he had a bunch of ideas, but I don't know why sometimes it takes these, these types of, I'll go as far as to say jerks to write something like this, yeah. where it's just so involved, and maybe that's a part of it, is that you have to be so involved in your own mind, and other people can barely exist for you to plot out a an entire universe of
0: lives. But then for Brian, and you talked with Brian,
3: I did. Brian's a really good guy. He's a very smart, cool guy. Did you get
0: from him? Just very personable. Yes. I mean, it was very, you know, dare I say, brave of him to talk about his father in these certain lights. I mean, he was very honest about his father. All coming from his biography this these nuggets of information so that means you know not only was it you know not only did he build his father up but he was very honest and he definitely didn't pull any punches it seems with how terribly he treated him he, and Bruce Bruce who even said it by the end he was like at least you got you got
3: you got to fucking the uh, good fix your shit I with never him.
0: got the good side of him no I it's mean, really sad
3: it is really sad but you know Brian Herbert found a way to almost kind of continue this bond he found with his father by continuing the Dune universe and also writing his own material, trying to connect with his dad. But, you know, I've never met, I I will say I've never met a person that loved his dad so much that he would live so much inside of the world of his own father. Right. Um, Because I know, like, if I were to do the equivalent, it would just be, I would become a traffic cop that would... Smoke and drink and eat fucking kielbasa every day. That's what my father did. (laughs) Like if I were to
0: continue his legacy, right, right. If I were to, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So you (laughs) never had that sense of. Like you know, uh, Lido Two did with Paul uh, for no. your father. No, where you would okay, he, me. Me, did, my did father dad never is, met in the desert. I mean, he wasn't a blind dad, preacher. Wasn't your dad's moving to Florida to get sober? Essentially, him casting himself out to the desert after becoming blind. This is. I'm gonna take this to fucking therapy. <laughs>
3: Because that's kind of weirdly, because that's what he did, right? Because my mom yeah. essentially, in order for him, my dad was a bad alcoholic, yeah. and my mom kind of took us away from him, and we fled to Florida, and my it was the opposite. We fled to Florida, my dad stayed in New York, and my mom basically said, you're going to get sober, or you're not going to find us yeah. ever again, Right. and then he did. Yeah. And then he did, he quit cold turkey, and he lived in a fucking basement somewhere, at like 48 years like 50 years old like he was like a he was straight up like a, a a full on just about to be retired police officer and he had to go live in a tiny apartment and get sober in, in order to come back and be my and father
0: and here's another thing so getting sober is blinding himself he's he's taking away his it's choice. actually the opposite technically but they also <laughs> it's unleashing yourself to your true vision right exactly now here's the other thing I have a prescience anecdote that Jackie recently told me while y'all were watching a movie called City of Angels your dad yelled best, out loud
3: moment of our lives, the best moment of our childhood was watching, I remember sitting and watching, because the whole, my mom had to stop watching movies with me and my father and Jackie, because my father and I, especially, would just roast the movies as we right. watched them, and we thought it was hilarious. We absolutely loved it. And if I don't, if you don't know, but you should watch the. Um, it's
0: Nick Cage. It's a yeah. movie called
3: City of Angels. City Nick of Cage of and angels. who's the other woman in
0: that? Who, yeah, who, who uh, meets an untimely end? Literally I literally, just this is so scary. Honestly, they did the
3: thing where it popped right up on my fucking <laughs> my computer as we were saying it. Yeah, yeah. City of Angels is Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan. At yes. the end of this, we know that City of Angels is that Nicolas Cage is an angel, falls in love with Meg Ryan, gets pops such a bone. For her, that he needs to become mortal, right? It's based
0: on a book. Meg Ryan's character doesn't die in the book. This is important to know because Jackie and uh, your mom both liked the book a lot. I love wa- the book, and, and we're, we're so watching excited the movie for the first. And time. so
3: there's this moment, this beautiful moment, very <laughs> end of the book, where Meg Ryan is is. Riding her bike with her arms outstretched as she looks to the sky, and my dad's like, then she gets hit by a fucking truck, and then as he sat there, she gets hit by the truck, and my father and I, like, exploded, and like we were high fiving each other and hugging, it like it made us have a relationship. I mean, Daddy and your mom were just so, so pissed. pissed, so pissed, they had to stop watching movies with
0: us. We were dying. There's some prescience. Uh, There's an example of prescience in yeah. your
3: family line. But, well, God, what an episode. We <sighs> learned yeah. a lot today. And I don't know if it made anybody like doing more, but you know, at least we know a little bit more about where it came I from.
0: I always love, which is why I think I enjoy, you know, the my other podcast, which is The Bruisers, as much as I do. I love any of those little tidbits of like the Irish Catholic older yes. ladies that were trying to like get him into their religion becoming the basis for the Bene Jesser, like all those like real life figures it really is the Wizard of Oz thing right Yeah, you those real really, life figures came that came from somewhere yeah that create these Awesome tropes in in, in uh, the Dune books and and these characters and things. You're like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, that, that McCarthyism was happening, and you Darth know. Vader
3: was George Lucas's mailman. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yes. Which was huge. He that literally was his dressed like that and delivered the mail. Because he had polio as yes, a boy. Yes, he had polio and he was on auction. <laughs> so it's just like the mailman would show up in an iron lung yep. to deliver the mail. <laughs> George Lucas is being
3: like, what a creepy fuck. I'm going to write a whole universe about him. But he also stole quite a bit from
0: Dune. Yeah, but um, I don't understand where you got the worms from, Frank. That's the only thing I'm a little disappointed No, I don't know at. where
3: the worms came from, but I honestly think the worms... They come from inside. Yeah. They come from, the the worms are coming from inside. The house. All
0: right, please. Can't um, wait for a moment. Just respect it. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I want to do a dude theater scene. I know we haven't written it yet, but I want it to be frank. At a restaurant, I it it is (laughs) it is for certain, absolutely will be be yes. You playing Frank Herbert at a restaurant? We're gonna do it very soon. Don't worry, absolutely. Um, Thank you for listening to LPN Deep Dives
3: Dune. Uh, Make sure you listen to all of the other absolutely essential shows on LPN. Last podcast on the left. Able
0: name your own first. Interesting, because
3: it's the one I remember.
0: Um, Page seven. Um. Oh fuck! I don't know. Maybe your wife fuck. has one. She Someplace knows. underneath. Yeah. Give yeah. me clues. <laughs> um. Uh, uh, brighter side. People who make money off of people. Fraudsters. Yes. Thank you.
3: Yep. That's another one.
0: <laughs> um. Got a lot of content. You even say of the Bruiser page seven. Wizard of the history. Bruiser. I
3: said it. I think I said. It. I think I fucking said it. Yeah, um, man. But kind of fun. So enjoy all of those, huh? <laughs> and uh, Rude dinners unite! Rude dinners. Yeah, 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 but Honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: please, if you are going to set fire to a car, do not connect it to the whole Rude dinner thing. We do not please need to be don't. implicated in some kind of car burning down conspiracy. But also, but at the same time, follow us on Spotify if uh, yeah.
3: you could. Uh, And now, for another selection from Dune Theater.
0: And now, Frank Herbert with his wife Beverly and his son Brian at a restaurant. I
3: don't like this soup! Frank, please! Beverly! I am the god emperor of this dinner table and your husband, so I own half of you. Yeah, I said it. Be nice to mom, dad. Brian, I made you in a lab in my balls. I specifically chose the semen that made you. I looked in a pile of my semen for a creature that would bring me the most diligent, worthwhile son an author can have. Then I physically picked up the semen and placed it with my hands inside of your
0: mother.
1: What about our other son, Bruce? Who?
0: Mr. Herbert... The chef would like to recommend the uh, sautéed chicken. Right, I should, Mr. Herbert, I'll be your waiter for the night. Uh, yeah, the I chef, bet you will. The, yeah, you are my waiter. The chef would like to... Okay, the chef would like to recommend the sautéed chicken.
3: What? <laughs> oh, so now you're just
0: going to make chicken noises at the waiter? Is <laughs> that what's happening right now? I would have to be a chicken to order chicken at a
3: restaurant. Bring me a tuna melt, but I don't want the cheese melted. I'm not sure how to do that. Um, perhaps contact the Tleilaxu
0: and have them cook it up in one of their oxytotal tanks. I haven't read all your books, sir. The melt part of the tuna melt is why it's called that. Do you, do you just want a tuna sandwich with cheese on it? I am not a worm. I have a penis. I am a father of a family, and I am sitting at this table. I'm trying to just get some clarification on the sandwich, and then I will leave you be.
1: Can't you see my husband is hungry? And that makes him hangry! And that is something his entire family has to deal with.
0: I want to send the waiter back! Cook the waiter! Yeah, I want to be cooked! Fucking cook me to my death! You were the worst customer I've ever served in my life! Oh, wait a second, never mind. Did Nick Nolte just walk in? Oh, yes, we Nick Nolte... I'm coming this little girl Shirley Temple right? Nick Nolte, yeah. if you drink off another little girl's drink, I will finally have to call the police to arrest you.
3: Oh, Nick Nolte doesn't give a fuck about shit. Nick Nolte, kiss Julia Roberts.
0: Um, uh, bring a chair over. I'd like to invite
3: Mr. Nolte to our table. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
0: Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my 1-year anniversary of my decision to say, "Yes, I need help and yes, I choose me." And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom.
1: Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit CARON.org slash lost.
2: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw